In 2011, Niall Doherty decided to take a trip around the world without using aeroplanes. As you get to know Niall, you realise that this way of thinking isn't unusual for him. Even when he was a kid growing up in Waterford, he would do things just a little bit differently. Instead of following GAA like everyone else, he was obsessed with basketball. And instead of the Chicago Bulls or the New York Knicks, he followed the Charlotte Hornets. I hadn't heard of them either. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. That was the team I picked because I, did, I didn't want to be like everybody else. The teenage dream kind of became to go and live in the United States someday and have season tickets for my favourite team. And I eventually managed to do that age 25. I, I got eventually then found a company in New Orleans to sponsor my visa and went and lived and worked uh, in New Orleans for three years, started stalking the team <laughs> and uh, got a media credential through ESPN because I started a website about the team and started write, writing about the team. So ended up sitting courtside at games at the media table and going into the locker room and interviewing all the players and coaches and just living my teenage dream like all out that's incredible yeah it was amazing in addition to being a part time super fan Niall had a regular full time job working 9 to 5 as a web designer in New Orleans but after working for 3 years Niall decided that he wanted to work for himself and travel the world so he left the 9 to 5 job and hit the road I mean, I was very, I was overly optimistic about how easy it would be to make money working for myself on the internet while traveling the world. You know, a lot of people will tell you it's easy and it's, it rarely is. First, the first three months, three to six months were amazing in terms of I'd really just figured it all out and I knew something other people didn't know. Uh, and that's because I was, you know, still had savings and it wasn't under pressure to make money. Yeah, at a certain point during that first year, I realized, okay, I, I need to start making money. Like this, hmm. you know, just blogging for money thing, you know, build it and they will come wasn't working. So uh, I, I was lucky in a way because I already had the skill of web design and I knew if I had to, I can always freelance that. Um, so uh, I was able to start doing that hmm. as I began my big round-the-world trip. Niall's big around-the-world trip was an audacious plan to circumnavigate the world without using airplanes. I think I was just trying to think of ways to make it more interesting and make it like a, more of an adventure, more of a challenge, more of a story. It took him four years. He visited 37 countries. He started off in his hometown, Waterford, in Ireland. He travelled across Europe and into the Middle East. You know, I ended up in Iran, for example. and. Really? Yeah, I spent 10 days in Iran, which were, were quite the adventure. What uh, happened there? Well, the thing you should, you should know about Iran is none of your bank cards will work there. I didn't okay. know that. I didn't know that when I went there. So I arrived in Tehran. had $100 in my pocket. I thought I had a 30-day visa, but it turned out, Connor, I only had a 7-day visa. So suddenly I was in the position of being in Iran, which is... Uh, supposedly hostile country I couldn't <laughs> afford a ticket to leave the country and I was in danger of my visa expiring then I was going to be in trouble with the Iranian authorities which not not really people you want to be getting in trouble with what I ended up doing was uh, basically asking lots of strangers for help uh, I went on a website called Couchsurfing 
often it's used, you know, where you 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 go to a, a city somewhere and you log on to Couchsurfing and say, "Hey, does anybody have a spare room or a couch where I could crash?" Uh, it's like Airbnb, but it's no money changes hands. So I went on Couchsurfing and went to the groups for Tehran, and there was a few people in there, and told them my situation and asked for help. And a bunch of people offered to host me. I ended up staying with a few of them. And I remember, like the last day, my last day in, in Iran, I got off a bus in a town called Bandarabas in the south of Iran, and I had 36 hours to kill before the ferry. I'd, I'd bought a ticket for a ferry that was going to go to Dubai, and I'd be able to use my bank cards again. And all I had was five dollars and a phone number <laughs> to get me through the 36 hours. And the phone number came from a guy I'd met in Tehran who said, "If you end up in this town, give my friend a call." So the five dollars was enough for. Uh, a really bad hotel for the night, or food for the next 36 hours, but I couldn't afford both. So I gave the number a call, and the guy who answered said, "Oh, sorry, I'm not in town right now, but uh, I'll, I'll put you in touch with another friend of mine." So this is now the friend of a friend of a guy I met in Tehran, and this guy basically takes takes an afternoon off work, comes and meets me. Uh, so he picks me up, he buys me lunch, he drives me around the city, you know, tell, telling me about his, his city. Uh, drops me at the house of another friend of his, <laughs> and I stay in that house for the night. And they are just like Iranian people are just unbelievably just warm and kind-hearted. Uh, that guy who had picked me up the day before came back the next morning, took more time off work, dropped me to the ferry terminal, and you know just said goodbye like didn't ask for anything in return I'm just like okay now you're good all the best that was the closest I came really to like the worst case scenario I mean when you think would you like to go to Iran with a hundred dollars in your pocket and not be able to use your ATM you know you'd be like that sounds like a nightmare and it turned out to be easily one of the best experiences uh, I've ever had after Iran Noel traveled through the Middle East and into Asia. He crossed the Pacific Ocean from Japan to Peru on a cargo ship. It took him 26 days, and he was the only passenger—just him and 33 employees of the French cargo ship company. He had his own cabin, double bed, couch, bathroom. There was even a gym on board. He had a three-course lunch and dinner every day, cooked for him by the onboard French chef. I mean, I was excited. I mean, to me, that was the, the one of the biggest challenges. I felt like. You know, how am I going to get across the Pacific Ocean? And then when I was finally doing it, I was quite excited that okay, now I'll be going to the Americas. I've left Asia, and there's this whole other continent now to explore and to have adventures in. Uh, so uh, I was quite excited about it. And <laughs> how much did it cost? <laughs> it, it worked out in total to about four thousand euros. What to get a boat? Yeah, to be on a cargo ship for 26 days. Um, Would, well, that surprises me. I would have thought it'd be less expensive than a plane ticket. Yeah, most most people do. I assume the same myself. Uh, but it's actually much cheaper and faster to fly. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I wouldn't do it again. Um, it was, I, I'm glad I did it. It was a great one-time experience. But hmm. when you think of the, the actual benefits of doing it, the main benefit really is there's a lot of solitude. 
Um, but if you really want that, you're better off just renting a cabin in the woods or something. It'd be a lot, a lot cheaper. Yeah. Of course, I know what you're thinking. I was thinking the same thing too. 26 days at sea on a big ship. I'd want to do it too. Did you have a Leonardo DiCaprio moment at the front of the ship? I did. <laughs> Yeah, you could go right up to the front of the ship and lean out over it and do the whole king of the world thing with, you know, the middle of the biggest ocean with nothing around for thousands of miles. What did that feel like? Oh, it is, it, well, it's hard to comprehend. You know, it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that, I mean, we, we passed over the Mariana Trench, which is the deepest part of the ocean. Like, that's, that's further below the surface of the ocean, the bottom there, than Mount Everest is above the surface of the ocean like you could fit mount everest underneath the, the pacific ocean there and still have like a kilometer above it of water That's crazy yeah like it's the, the scale of the thing is is just incredible and the fact that we had to like spend two weeks just to get across it like without seeing anything really just never-ending water like, I mean, it, it's scary when you think if, if something happened and you were stranded out there, like the chances of anyone finding you, even if they were looking for you specifically, are just so remote. So it, it gives you like a real appreciation for how insignificant we are, really. Yeah, and the, the stars, you know, with no light pollution out there are just as spectacular as you'd see them. And, and the sunsets as well, like one of the most amazing sunsets I've ever seen was we, we crossed the equator uh, between uh, Ecuador and the, the Galapagos Islands. We kind of went in between those. Um, and I remember that night when we, right as we crossed the equator, the sun was going down and the whole sky was just lit up, just amazing. And there was dolphins dancing on the waves along the side of the boat as well. It was just, it's <laughs> like, wow, it's incredible. Wow. How has traveling affected friendships and relationships, you know, because you're kind of hopping from place to place? Mm. It, it's kind of the, the big unanswered question. And I don't think there is a good solution to it. I remember the, the loneliest I felt, because I, I did this four-year trip around the world without flying. And I, the first few years of that was great. It was all a big adventure. And the last year of it, I did feel quite lonely at times. And I kind of just wanted it to be finished. Like I used to think real loneliness was when you were alone in some strange place and no, you had nobody to hang out with. Uh, but what I found was when I, I went back to New Orleans near the end of my trip, and so I'd been away, I used to live in that city for three years, and it was really the, the last place I'd considered home before I began my more travel lifestyle. And I went back there after a five-year absence, thinking finally I'll be among my old friends, people who know me, I'll feel like I belong somewhere again. I'd, I'd been away for five years and I'd changed a lot and all my friends there had moved on with their lives and had five years of shared experiences together that I'd missed out on. Mm. So they didn't really know me anymore and I didn't really know them. The loneliest feeling really is being in a crowd of people who all know each other and they don't really know you and you don't really know them and you just that that's when you feel the most lonely 
that that was pretty tough. And I mean, what I've, I've tried to transition into now since I finished that trip is having more of a home base. You know, if you go back to the same place for four or five months a year, every year, you do see the same people often enough to, to, to keep that, uh, that bond pretty strong. You know, and people will remember you a lot more. Like, I love the feeling of just simple things like the, the guy at the corner shop, you know, just recognizing you. Just like, kind of feeling a sense of belonging or people like seen rather than just being a, a transient that doesn't really belong anywhere. Uh, so, so what's next for you, Niall? Well, the main thing I'm focusing on now is the, the course I have. To, it's called Three Months, One K. The idea is to help people get started making money online so they can pretty much do what I did. Even if people don't want to travel, it's, you know, some people want to just be able to work from home or spend more time with their kids. Or even in Ireland now, instead of having to move to Dublin for a job, to be able to stay in County Waterford or County Kilkenny or some of the less populated areas and be close to your family and friends and be able to just you know log on for a few hours a day from your living room or your bedroom and make a bit of money and doing work that you enjoy and then be able to do whatever else you want with your life yeah so that's that's what i'm aiming to help people with with this uh with this course is to get get them started on that journey the freelance web design has kind of been my bread and butter for the last six and a half years but with something like this course I could actually help change people's lives with it. Thank you for listening. Please rate, subscribe and review on iTunes. Don't forget to visit the website everydaypeople.ie. Please leave a comment. Tell me what you liked. Tell me what you didn't like. There's no need to be gentle. Just be honest. My email address is connor at everydaypeople.ie. You can find me on Twitter at Connor Sweets. If you have a guest idea or a story idea or if you have a story yourself that you'd like to share, please do get in touch. I'd love to hear from you so we can keep this show on the road. Thank you for listening.